If you've just clicked on this, wait a second, this is part three. So go back to part one to get the entire multitasking and mindfulness experience with special guest Yasmin Elizabeth. You're listening to Badass Mums. This is a podcast for the new mums, the young mums, those expecting mums, the single mums and the working mums. But dads can listen too. I'm Camilla Rose. I'm Tanit. I'm Soraya. I'm Charlotte Tahira. And you're about to hear some real chat. From labour to stretch marks, being in the office to running with a buggy. We're here to educate and entertain the badass mums of the world. Badass mums. Mums. Badass. 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 We wanted to have a little moment with you guys to talk about mindfulness, which is an interesting word that I came across while I was doing my teacher training because it, you're a bit like, my, what? what is that? And it's basically just being present. It's what you were talking about when you go out with your mates and you try to not be on your phone. It's about enjoying the stages of exhaustion and breastfeeding every two hours um, and then enjoying the stages of getting them off the bottle and just being so present in the moment because I think as mums we're so worried all the time about the next step like for me recently it was isn't is River going to get into the nursery that she wants to get into that's local to the house so I think it's so important especially for everyone but especially for mums dealing with being a new mum to be consciously mindful and i've made you guys a little powerpoint that i just wanted to talk through with you and do some activities with you guys that you can do at home that don't cost anything um and that can help keep you in a good mindful state so there's a little video we're going to watch first of all and this i just found it on youtube and i just thought it explains mindfulness in a much better way than i can and it's quite interesting (laughs) Just while we're here, remember if you guys are on socials, it's hashtag badass mums. Um, and also you can find Yasmin, Elizabeth, Tanique, and Camilla's handles all on there as well. The kids are having fun. I love how well behaved they've been. Oh my gosh. What if there existed a magic pill that can improve your health, help you live longer, build creativity, help discover your true self, and ultimately make you happy? How much would you pay for a pill like this? What if it were free? Well, that pill exists, and it's called mindfulness. We have, on average, 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, the trouble is, most of the thoughts are either about the past or worried about the future. Our minds can often be our worst enemy, and negative thought patterns can lead to stress, anxiety, depression, and in turn, will affect our physical health. To demonstrate how little control you have over your mind, try this. Close your eyes and think of a blue lion. Can you do it? Now do it again, but this time, close your eyes and think of a blue lion, and only of a blue lion for one minute. Don't let any other thought interrupt. I bet you can't. Why is that? Well, it's the nature of the mind to wander, and you'll notice that as soon as you attempt to concentrate only on the blue lion, within a few seconds another thought will pop into your mind, like, this exercise is silly, I'm hungry, or... What is this all about? It's because our mind never ceases to throw random thoughts our way. Mindfulness helps us to take back a little of that control. It helps to develop tools, allowing us to not only notice these thoughts as they appear, but also allow us to choose the way we respond to them. Imagine standing in front of a dog with a bone in your hand, waving it left to right. Then throw the bone. What would the dog do? 
Now imagine standing in front of a lion, again waving the bone in its face, and then you throw it. What do you think the lion will do? The lion might attack or might not. The point is the fundamental difference between the mind of a lion and a dog. The bone represents all of reality to the dog. The lion can see beyond the bone and has a choice on how to respond to the situation. Who is the king of the jungle? Who is the king of the inner jungle? The brain is a muscle and it can grow. Just as our muscles in the body need to be exercised, so do the muscles in the brain. Mindfulness is like doing a set of mental push-ups. As a thought enters your mind, this is the beginning of the push-up. The completion of the push-up is one, being aware of the thought without judgment, and two, bringing your attention back to the breath. It's that simple. The next thought that pops into your mind is the beginning of the next mental push-up. Scientists have shown that just after eight weeks of practice, the parts of the brain responsible for the positive stuff, like creativity, emotional intelligence and happiness, physically can change shape and grow. The amygdala, responsible for the fight or flight mechanisms related to stress, depression and addictive behaviours, actually shrinks during this time. The scientific evidence is so strong now that mindfulness is being employed in places like Google, Bank of America, the US Marines and the National Health Service. More profoundly, simple mindfulness exercises can give you a new lens in which to see yourself and the outside world without the ego and also your relationship with the present moment. It has nothing to do with religion and it's helping us to enjoy life, be happy and ultimately allow us to help others. Visit renaissancepodcast.com to find out more. Be mindful. The goal is the path. Yeah, so much better explanation than I would have ever done. Um, but just highlighting how important mindfulness is, especially when you have such high anxiety around being a new parent and like the day-to-day struggles of parent life. So, um, yeah, I created a little slideshow for you guys and we're going to do some little activities that you can do at home Um when babies are around or not, when they're asleep, the kind of things that will fit around a busy schedule and that don't take too long. So first, I just wanted to say what are the kind of steps to having positive mental health? And we need to look at what is like good mental health. So feeling, feeling relatively confident in yourself and having positive self-esteem, feeling and expressing a range of emotions, building and maintaining good relationships with others, feeling engaged with the world around you, living and working productively, coping with the stresses of daily life and being able to adapt and manage in times of change and uncertainty, which is definitely parenthood. And so there are nine steps um, that can help you get to this place. Being kind to yourself, connecting with others, being active, relaxing, continuing to learn, giving to others, being mindful, seeing the the bigger picture and being accepting. I am saying this, it doesn't mean I do all nine steps, by the way. (laughs) So we're going to do a few activities um, as a group that link to these positive steps. So the first one um, links to connecting with others. So if we could all turn to the person next to us and tell them two things that you like about that person? It can be any two things at all. 
So you'll be surprised, like, especially in London, our heads are always down. They're always in our phones. We're always focused on the next thing because it's such a go, go, go city. And sometimes, like, even on the way here, there was a guy on the train who just was, like, obsessed with River. And it was just so nice to see him just interacting with her at, like, nine in the morning when most people are just, like, zombies. Just, like saying something to someone you'd never know the kind of impact it's going to have on their day um and so the next activity this links to relaxing so if you can no worries if you can't but it would be good if we could all stand up for a second and so this is all about just controlling the breath that you're taking um i don't know if anyone here does yoga i'll do it here and there when i when i have time but it really makes you so aware of your body just focusing on your breath such a simple thing we take for granted all the time because we just do it without thinking about it but if we could just take a mindful breath and on the in-breath if you want to just breathe in some positivity and on the out-breath just breathe out all that negativity, all that tension. And what I liked about this is you can breathe, you can choose what words you want to breathe in. So we've got love, compassion, happiness, focus, safety. Just really concentrate on when you're breathing, breathing in something positive and really breathing out the negativity. Like even paying attention to how it affects your shoulders when you breathe out, how you kind of relax your posture. And I remember when I was in school, I was always a feisty one in school. And my teacher used to say, go and count to 10, Charlotte. And as a child, I just did not understand how simply breathing in and out can really calm you. So it's something that as busy mums, we can sometimes just take a mindful moment, just focus on your breath, and it can really influence your mindset in that moment. And then so the next activity is about being mindful. So it's about focusing on the present moment. So a bit of homework. And this top one, Yaz, I stole from you, from your pick-me-up page. So it's something you said, and I thought, that's so clever. So it's about listing things that you are grateful for, but not only things that you are currently grateful for. Do you want to explain a bit about that? So the five things that you want to be grateful for once they come. So it's more like manifestation. So it's already kind of operating on a frequency like you already have it, have this thing. I think sometimes we can operate from such a space of lack. So sometimes when we're speaking about things, we're talking, we're talking about it as if we don't have it. Um, and there's such a disassociation with things, whereas I've been writing down like, oh, I'm so grateful now I have my new car and, and I got a new car. And I just, just to process like actually being grateful for these things, to invite them into the space, and then also five things that I'm grateful for on that day, which can be um, super small things. They don't have to be massive, um, like your bed. Things that we forget. I always say, if you woke up with what you had given thanks for yesterday. So today, if you woke up with only what you had given thanks for yesterday, what would you have? And that's when you realize that we are not grateful for the really small things, which are the big things like our house, our family, our friends, cold, hot water, stuff like that. So yeah. Five things grateful for that you have and five things that you want. And it definitely puts into perspective when you are exhausted and you've done four 16-hour days, maybe five, that actually it like 
there is there is an end goal here. We're doing this for a reason. It's kind of that reminder that right now I feel exhausted, but actually there's a lot of positive things happening. And you can also do this while you're eating. So you'll be surprised. I mean, I, definitely as a Londoner, I'm always eating on the go. Like that's probably why I've always got indigestion, but I'm always like rushing to eat because I'm rushing somewhere and you forget to even just chew your food sometimes. And I think just sometimes just enjoying a meal as a mum, like there's days, especially when I was on maternity leave, where it's like the afternoon and all I've eat, all I've had is a cup of tea and then you finally sit down and eat and you're just like, oh, food actually is so good. Like it tastes so good. So that's another time where you can just be mindful just when you're eating, just enjoy your food. Um, so the next activity is about seeing the bigger picture because it's always tough to see the bigger picture when you're in the situation. But it's easier when it's someone else. So Jenny didn't get the grade she wanted in a recent maths test. She now thinks she's rubbish at maths. What advice would you give Jenny? And it's that thing of you always give better advice to other people than to yourselves. Yeah. Can I just add on? Yeah. Not just advice, but kindness. Because I think if I spoke to my friends sometimes the way I speak to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. Um, so sometimes when things happen, I always like to think, oh, what would I say? And I actually like picture one of my friends and I'll think, what would I say to them? And like you said, it just takes you out of that. Because when you operate on emotion, you're in the box. You can't actually operate properly. But taking it out and being like, oh, what would I say if so-and-so that happened to so-and-so you operate differently so not just advice but kindness as well and forgiveness and the leeway that we would give each other is not sometimes the leeway we would give ourselves so yeah that's such a good point so yeah that's another way to kind of be mindful look after your positive uh, mental health and then the final one um that i just wanted to say to you guys and this you can do in your own time and it's about just being accepting so we all have goals. We're also keen to get there. Um, but sometimes it's just about accepting where you are in the moment and then forward planning to the goal that you're trying to achieve. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in like the goal we'd set five years ago. Oh, in five years time, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be here and I'm going to be doing that. And then when you get there and you're not perhaps where you thought you was going to be, it's okay. It's your journey. So I think it's about accepting where you are in the moment and then just taking the step to forward plan. So there's just a few of my little, my mindful tips. I think if you guys have any that you personally use, if you wanted to share. I just wanted to add as well, what you on the back of what you said about trust in the process, because I used to beat myself up a lot about things I hadn't achieved or things I wanted to achieve by, but sometimes the process, we don't, we don't know what the future holds, so sometimes we might have op opportunities around the corner that we don't foresee, so sometimes we need to just trust the process and, as you said, accept the situation, and then in the end, you know, life never goes as you plan, you kind of find that you're on some sort of path that actually makes sense in the end, so not to be so harsh on yourselves as well. Mm. 100%. So we just want to take this opportunity now to get some questions from anyone and um, open it up to you guys. We've got Rosie who's going to take this mic from me and be roaming. And yeah, if you guys have anything you want to ask, Yasmin, Tanique, Camilla or myself, feel free. Yasmin, who do you pray to and how does that affect what you do? 
So I'm actually a Christian, so I praise to God and uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, for me, just knowing that I'm not by myself, my faith has been such a, a relationship. I'm not really into religion, I'm into relationship, and that's how uh, Christianity is for me. So in the mornings when I pray, um, I take scripture, and then I pray on that. I also think about where I'm at, and then, yeah, I just, I just pray, and, I, and I, it helps me through just knowing that I'm not carrying stuff by myself, really, um, and that there's something higher than myself. And if you don't believe in God or whatever, and you want to believe in just a higher energy, even that is going to be useful for you, that you're not alone, because we're so actually so connected, and we're not alone. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's not really a question. It's more of a statement to say that... Uh, in the last three years, I've really experienced raising my daughter by myself, not because I'm separated from my wife, but because she works in another country. And I've learned to have the most respect for women. I've always had respect for women, but for single mothers, they're at the top of the pyramid because I now understand everything that they have to go through. A thousand percent cheers to all of you mothers and especially to you single mothers. So I have two questions. Um, the first one is um, to all of you, which is uh, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you had um, about motherhood or about parenting um, and how was that sort of like resolved or how did you find out that it was a misconception and I suppose my second one is uh, for any of you that have faith how does your faith inform your parenting style or your parenting decisions um, the misconception one definitely my 100% number one misconception was how tired I was going to be and I was saying to some of the other mums before the the podcast started I am now in a state of tiredness that I've just accepted I will probably never feel rested again <laughs> until River moves out. Because I think um, you do get to, you do learn how to function. I've always functioned on little sleep. Um, coming from a creative industry, yeah, I'm talking about you making me tired, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, coming from a creative industry, you do function on little sleep anyways. It's a 24-hour job. But actually, there's rest days. That's the key. Before the kids come along, you have a day where you say, I'm not getting out of bed except to eat and go to the bathroom. Like, I'm literally not even showering today. But actually, once a child comes involved, that rest day is broken down into their schedule. And then even if they are resting, there's a good chance that you're not resting because you're doing stuff around the house. So... That was my biggest misconception. I thought, I'm so used to living off no sleep. This isn't going to be that bad. It's just going to be like my normal tired life. But no, there's an, another level to tiredness and learning how to still be productive while being tired. Like that, that's been a big lesson. Um, and then the other one, the faith, which was really interesting. So my immediate family is Muslim. Um, and my husband's immediate family is Catholic, so that was a bit debatable. But um, we've both agreed to just instill in River to believe that, like you said, there is a higher being. There's more to life than what you can see. 
And as long as I think she goes through life living with the, the purest heart and the best intentions, whatever beliefs she picks up along the way, I'll be happy to support. I just want her to go through life trying to be the best person she can and knowing that you don't need to follow a religion to be a good person. And I think that's how we're doing it. Yeah. Um, misconceptions. Oh. <laughs> um, misconception for me is that I think I never thought... I think I always thought I'd never be able to really go back to work and or be able to actually do other things as well. Um, so I think the fact that I'm able to actually do that and that there's people around to support me to do that. Because um, when I, I remember when I found out I was pregnant, I thought, that's it. I think that's just been the biggest misconception, just realising that all the things that you wanted and planned before you had a child can still be done and that it's not nothing to hold you back at all. Um, the misconception that I had was basically that you know, when you have a child, I'll be able to put everything in its pockets, like what you said, guys have the boxes. So I thought, you know, I'm going to have this baby to give them breakfast. They'll play, then I can do what I want to do. Then I give them lunch, then I can do what I want to do. So I kind of didn't realise that actually when you're looking after your child, it's like throughout the whole day. <laughs> because when you, for me, when not being a parent before, I didn't realise that, you know, obviously you don't really think about the emotional support you need to give them. And, you know, the in general interaction, you just think of the practical things that you do. So that was my greatest um, misconception. So I actually underestimated parenthood. And um, faith, for me, I'm also a Christian as well. And um, we install Christian values in our children. Um, we go to church. But um, also, most importantly, we kind of instill how they can build their own relationships with God. So like with my daughter on the way to school every morning, we always pray. Sometimes we take turns. Before she goes to bed, she prays. So just to kind of build that kind of things that, that she might be concerned about for herself, she can talk to God about it. So it's kind of to help her as well. So as she goes older, she can kind of build that and know how to release in, in a positive way into, you know, a greater being as well. I think my misconception would be the, maybe the tiredness. I'm trying to remember. We're talking eight years ago now. So um, I think probably, yeah, it would be the tiredness. I remember um, one of my home nurses making me fill out this clock. And she said, write down what your day is like now. And I wasn't working at the time. So I was like, oh, I do this and I do that. Then she said, right now, every two hours, put a feed. So I put feed. She was like, so what are you going to do in between that? And I was like, oh, um, and so that was me, my time management. I think, like you, I thought, you know, I'm going to be baking cakes, and I'm going to have all this great time. I can take it to the park. And it's just not like that. It is, it's more of a, it's, yeah, very chaotic. Um, and um, I take Cameron to church on Sundays. He does Sunday school. And just like your daughter, he prays as well. Um, I genuinely, again, like you guys, just want him to have good moral compass and be a good person. And... Um, my parents both were raised as Catholic, um, but they were always allowed to do their own thing, and they let me do my own thing. So I actually practiced Islam for a year and a half when I was like 16. Um, I've read into Buddhism. I've done like I've 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 been searching for a long time, um, and I would hope to have grace and give Cameron that same freedom if he gets to a certain age and wants to explore other things. Um, but like yourself. Um, he says to me that he got a, a bit of, not bullying, I would say it's a strong word, but some stuff going on in school. And he was like, oh, I've just, I just spoke to God about it. So that for me, that was nice that in his moment of crisis, when I wasn't there, he, he turned to um, God. So, yeah. Hiya. Um, I am hoping that this will come along, not right now, because I think that that would interrupt the podcast, but soon. <laughs> 
but I'm already starting to think about going back to work financially. You know, we have a household to look after. My perception of um, part-time mums is that we work, or that women work 100% but get paid uh, 75% or 50%. Um, is that um, um, is my perception incorrect? Um, and how have you guys dealt with that? Because that's something I'm really thinking about. Because I really, I'm a teacher, and I struggle to do my job. Me, just just by myself and keep a relationship, and then I, I I can't fathom trying to be a teacher and do and be a mum, and then reducing the hours and think, well, I'm just going to get paid less. I'd, I'd, it's just a minefield. So I'd be interested to know your experiences. I think definitely because being a teacher, it's like you have 200 kids as well. <laughs> on top of your child um so finding the balance is so difficult and I think so I've only just went back in April for like the summer term and the way I've tried to do it is like really really cramming my days while I'm there and um I'm really nervous about that because I'm going to four days from September that actually I'm probably going to do five days work in four days because I think it all comes down to your line manager and I have had support as far as reducing my hours, but I wouldn't say much consideration to the fact that I'm a mum now as well. They're very happy for me to stay late and I think it's just about me choosing when I do and actually saying, do you know what? I've done way more than my hours this week. I can't do this until next week. And being really assertive with it. And it is hard because you already feel like you're taking the mick a bit, even asking to be part-time, because in teaching, that's just, it's, it's not a thing, is it? So, yeah, it is a real hard, a real hard juggling act. I think it's just trying to build that relationship with your line manager and making sure that they're really aware of how much hours you're putting in. So I make a point side note I make a point if I've done anything that I know is not directly with my lesson planning I've gone above and beyond I've done a bit extra I make a point to CC my line manager and my media department and let them know also I did put together this scheme of work for the next summer term so on the days that I do have to leave early no one can say anything to me because actually on the days I can stay late and I do make sure the work's done, I'm making sure not just my line manager knows, but my whole team knows. So I think it's that as well, kind of managing the expectation to where when you are there, giving it as much as you can. So then on the days that your child needs you to come home a bit earlier, no one can be like, oh, she's just one of those slack mums because I hate that that saying and we do get stigmatized a lot oh she's a mum so she's going to be late she's going to need to leave early and it's about I think when you're there just making sure you're giving everything that you physically can and mentally can so then no one can dis discredit your work a lot of my my um year 13's a-level coursework is due in tomorrow um and so I'm getting emails through and I'm like oh, on the Friday, I'm going to make a real conscious effort to just let students know and let teaching know, I've took this day off to be with my daughter, not to then work on my day off. And I think that's especially with teaching because students, students don't, they're not aware. As far as they're concerned, you need to help me, miss, now because I'm going to fail. I need your help. And so they don't have that same filter. But I think if you inform them, you're not going to get a reply to me until Monday 
then you have to kind of ingrain that in the students that to know Miss isn't in on a Friday. I, if I don't talk to her Monday to Thursday, that's it until the next Monday. My, my role that I've secured is a job share. So it kind of works perfectly. And I think it's another um, lady as well. So I think she's in a similar um, position. But I think you just need to work out what's best for you and your household, really. Because um, everyone's got different, um, uh, I don't want to say abilities, but everyone's got kind of like different kind of, not needs, but um, just in terms of the amount that you know you can give to your child and if you've got a partner, to your partner and to yourself. So you need to work out for yourself what that balance would be. Um, and if it is, you know, doing a job share or if, if it is that you want to go back full time, that's, it's an individual decision to make. But um, I would definitely say don't be under no pressure at all because sometimes employers are not very nice and they try to force you to come back to do the role. Um, I, just, I just try to think, end of the day, I'm a, num I'm a number. If I was to pass away or something, they'll just replace me. So I need to put me and my household first and foremost. So just need to think about your little one and your family and your mental well-being as well and what works best for you, for you to stay <laughs> mentally stable so that you can give the love and time and attention that you need to your little one. Um, I wanted to ask you um, what your first steps were to building Pick Me Up Inc. and the thing, the issues you came across, what you would change? Issues that still come up, <laughs> always learning. Um, I didn't sit there and think, oh, I want to start a business because I'm not got a business head at all. I'm just super creative. Um, I actually started Pick Me Up because I needed it. I just started writing quotes online and then people started saying, oh my God, this has helped me. And then was born the brand. Um, we were just on social media at first, just Instagram. And then schools started to approach me to do workshops. Um, and then that was kind of how I got into the school self-love workshop stuff. And then uh, kind of was looking for a font for ages for my branding. And then it was when my phone broke, I couldn't do quotes on there, so I had to handwrite one. This is where I got my font from, because everyone was like, oh, this is so cool. I was like, it was like the most shared post I'd done. And I was like, oh my God, I thought people was gonna think it looked crap. Then I was like, there's my font that I've been looking for the last year, it's here in my own hands. Um, and then from then I've just done like the calendars and just things that I would want to use every day or like I'm a big tea drinker so I do mugs because I'm like oh there's no mugs out there with certain quotes on them and I guess the brand has grown with me and now I have so many ideas and things that I want to do but it's taken time so I found um, a journal thing that I'd written and I had this big brainstorm of all these ideas and I had PT and I want to do this and radio and all these things and now we actually celebrated i think it's five years now i've had pick me up pink for yeah um, thanks i actually forgot the other day it was a facebook time hop thing that came up um and then you know you can feel like oh, i haven't really progressed or done like haven't done loads of stuff but then when i looked at my list of things i thought oh my god i'm actually in radio now i've just nearly finished as my qualified as my pt i went back to uni and studied um introduction to counseling skills to make me better equipped because i'm working with vulnerable people um and did my mentorship program so i think it's like i've just organically grown with my brand i haven't done the traditional i've got a business plan this is that and i think now is the time that i'm probably going to get more strategic and more goal setting and because otherwise it will just be nothing. You can't, if you don't have like an image that you're aiming at, like a goal, it will, you, you're never going to reach it. So 
I hope that helps. It's been, yeah, it's been a bit of an accident, but a beautiful one. And just now I'm getting more strategic where I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And also finding what who likes your brand, who's your brand for. Um, I used to think it was just for like people my age, and then I get adult, like adult, adult. I know I'm an adult, but you know, like the you know the qualified adults that, that you have to look for when there's a crisis. I get people like that that come to me. I used to think it was just for women, but then I get loads of messages from men and young boys. Um, so even that, just kind of working out how can I still make this work and cater for everyone. I just want to say thank you so much for coming and making this such an amazing space. Um, a massive thank you, obviously, to our special guest, Yasmin Elizabeth. <laughs> and also just thanks to um, Nikki and Marie from The Roundhouse, who have been supporting Badass Mums since it was just a little idea in my brain. <laughs> So just keep an eye. Everything is at Badass Mums um, on like SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and socials. So please come and talk to us. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, guys. And thanks to the babies for being so well behaved as well. We hope you enjoyed all three parts of this live podcast on multitasking and mindfulness with the inspiring Yasmin Elizabeth. Badass Mums, the podcast, will be back soon with Series 2, so make sure you subscribe. But in the meantime, catch up with our entire Series 1 via SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Badass Mums. Mums. Badass.